Welcome to this Pure Voice activity. To access the entire activity, including downloadable slides and transcript, go to www.purevoice.com forward slash BGE. This activity was funded by an education grant from Sanofi Genzyme and Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. Please note that information regarding COVID-19 is constantly evolving. This activity is based on the data available at the time of its recording. Welcome to this Pure Voice activity on atopic dermatitis and COVID-19. This activity comprises two presentations featuring Professor Jacob Tizen. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Please note that information regarding COVID-19 is constantly evolving. This activity is based on the data available at the time of its recording. Hello, this is Jacob Tizen. I'm from Bispebjerg Hospital and the University of Copenhagen in Denmark. Welcome to this activity that focuses on the impact of COVID-19 on patients with atopic dermatitis. In this presentation, we'll discuss the impact of COVID-19 preventive measures on patients with AD and whether changes in lifestyle of AD patients has influenced their disease activity. And also the impact of AD on COVID complications in patients hospitalized with COVID-19. And finally, the differences in COVID-related outcomes between patients receiving immunomodulators or immunosuppressants compared with those that are not. So a lot of publications have come out, including guidelines and recommendation papers, and it can be very difficult to really uh, pick up all the news and, and, and integrate this into clinical practice. Um, but, but let me again try to, to steer you towards some of the key aspects. One thing that I discovered in my patient or pediatric patients with atopic dermatitis when the, the pandemic really began and uh, Danish uh, health regulators advised all children in school and daycare to really wash their hands very frequently and use uh, disinfectants was that there was a dramatic increase in hand eczema problems. And this was particularly something we observed in patients with atopic dermatitis, which, is part, uh, which in part is explained by uh, their increased susceptibility to skin irritants that really led to atopic dermatitis on the hands and chronic irritant contact dermatitis. Typically, there is this dorsal involvement, but also interdigital involvement with uh, vesicles indicating this irritant contact dermatitis. In another uh, survey study we ran together with colleagues in a different hospital in my country, we asked patients, adult patients with psoriasis and atopic dermatitis about their concerns about becoming ill with COVID-19 due to their skin disease. And basically we found that um, a very high number of patients uh, actually reported a concern. It was 52.7% about coming ill with COVID-19 due to the AD and also 68% due to the treatment they received. And I mean, this emphasizes how we have to understand the effects of treatments and thereby, thereby we can inform uh, our patients so that they uh, have the most safe passage through the COVID-19 pandemic. We also identified in a sub-analysis that especially female patients were concerned about becoming ill with COVID-19 due to their treatment. This was more uh, significant when compared to male patients. 
Now, we also have data from other studies. So, for example, here we could see that most patients with AD continued systemic treatments during the COVID-19 pandemic and lockdown period, which is comforting to me as a physician because we generally agree that it's better to stay on the treatment, uh, maintain control over your uh, uh, chronic inflammatory skin disorders such as atopic dermatitis, rather than discontinuing treatment, which can lead to a flare of AD. So here we can see data from Italy, where 86.3% uh, continued therapy. When we look at some of the etiologies behind this, um, most important was fear of increased exposure to SARS-CoV-19. Um, again, emphasizing that it's important that we deal with this uh, uh, issue with our patient and, and share our knowledge. So one of the great questions that we need to address is whether atopic dermatitis is associated with an increased risk of testing positive for COVID-19. Now, there are studies out there now that have tried to answer this question. And first and foremost, I'd like to uh, include here a cross-sectional study from the UK conducted with between 2018 and 2021, where more than 13,000 patients' uh, health data were examined. What we saw that 4.7% had AD, and looking at the risk of COVID-19, um, we could see that 4.8% of patients without COVID-19 had AD compared to 3.4% with COVID-19. So here we could not really see any association between atopic dermatitis and COVID-19. We also have a study from University of California, their COVID research database. Almost 270,000 patients um, were examined and a total of 3.64% had had SARS-CoV-19. Um, among patients with atopic dermatitis, we could see that the infection rate was only about 3%. So in this study, um, it was actually a lower risk of uh, getting COVID-19 if you had AD compared to those without AD. Then we have a study from Israel. They have a very beautiful um, nationwide health co coverage, and therefore they, they can really capture data here. More than 4,600,000 patient data uh, were included. And this, these uh, researchers look at um, factors associated with uh, severe COVID-19, and they found that intake of systemic corticosteroids, older age, comorbid cardiovascular disease, metabolic syndrome, and COPD, they seem to be independent predictors of COVID-19-associated hospitalization. But they did not see any association with AD-related variables. So this is comforting, telling us as clinicians that AD in itself is not a risk factor for hospitalization uh, due to COVID-19. And based on the previous studies I showed you, AD seemed not to be an independent risk factor for COVID-19 in the first place. Then we have a study where I took part in the data analysis, but this was really run by Jay Wu uh, from California, where he studied 40,000 atopic dermatitis patients and then about 10 matching controls. And as you can see here, we had a very high number with prednisone up more than 8,000. We had almost 3,000 on dupilumab and some patients on methotrexate acyclosporine. The interesting data here I will share in a moment, but first I just want to show you um, the association between atopic dermatitis and risk of COVID-19. Here, as opposed to some of the previous studies I showed you, there's actually a slightly increased risk but when you have very big data, it always gets significant. I'd submit here 
that it's about the same risk in 80 patients as in non-80 patients. But let's try to look at some of the medications because perhaps they actually affected this risk. So we know with the classic systemic immunosuppressant that some of these are associated with an increased risk of infections. For example, prednisolone uh, in doses of more than 10 milligrams per day actually increased the susceptibility to infection. The same with cyclosporin. So previous studies show that there's a higher risk of infection when treated with cyclosporin compared to methotrexate. Methotrexate also may increase the risk of infection, but to a much less degree than, for example, corticosteroids and cyclosporin. When we look at acetiaprine, which is also used sometimes to treat AD, we see that the risk of infection is about twice as high as compared to methotrexate, again, based on studies conducted outside of atopic dermatitis. Finally, mycophenolate mofetil seems to triple the risk compared to methotrexate. So we have a hierarchy here. Now back to the study from uh, Jay Wu's group in California, looking at the almost 40,000 patients uh, with atopic dermatitis, where we also had data on topical and systemic treatments. Dupilumab compared to no systemic medications seemed to decrease dramatically the risk of COVID-19. We saw almost the same picture with methotrexate. Also, we saw the tendency for cyclosporin acetyoprine, but the data was low in absolute numbers. Now, when the, when the authors of this uh, study then compared dupilumab with the various traditional immunosuppressants, you could see that dupilumab seemed to be a safer drug uh, in terms of COVID-19 risk. And it was really a dramatic difference when you look at dupilumab versus prednisone. So prednisone should be carefully used in general, but in particularly during this COVID-19 era. There's also a very recent study from Emma Gottman's group in New York, where 1,237 moderate to severe AD patients of all ages, with a very high number on dupilumab, 632, uh, were asked about their self-reported COVID-19 severity. And here we could see more severe uh, self-reported COVID-19 uh, symptoms with some of the other systemics compared to dupilumab and also compared to no treatment. Going back to some of the other um, registries uh, that exist now for, for atopic dermatitis, we have the Secure AD. It's, um, it's uh, collecting data on AD patients with COVID-19 at an international level. And we can see here that the duration of symptoms with uh, COVID-19 seems to be shorter with dupilumab compared to the conventional systemics and also uh, the proportion that underwent a hospital visit for COVID-19. So it supports what I just uh, shared with you from, from the data from California. With that, I'd like to conclude the following. Uh, the COVID-19 pandemic is not solved. Uh, this winter in Europe is already horrible. We have patients with AD um, that may have an inquired risk of uh, getting COVID-19 or getting hospitalized, but it seems most dominantly or predominantly to be associated with prednisolone use and perhaps cyclosporin use. The general recommendation is to continue systemic AD treatment during the pandemic, but the risk of acquiring COVID-19 seems to be different from the drugs that we use to treat atopic dermatitis. Thanks for your kind attention. Hello, my name is Jacob Tissen. I'm a professor of dermatology from Copenhagen in Denmark. 
and I'm so happy to uh, reflect uh, with you about some of the important aspects of vac vaccinating patients with atopic dermatitis against COVID-19. So while we are in the pandemic, uh, we also now know that it will last for quite some time and therefore it will be a um, recurrent issue that patients come to our clinic and ask us for advice about vaccinations while at the same time being on systemic medication against their AD. So with that in mind, I'd like to walk through some of the uh, traditional immunosuppressants that we use to treat moderate to severe atopic dermatitis and also some of the newer ones including baricitinib and dupilumab. So when walking, uh, when, when discussing or reflecting about how to address um, um, possible drug holidays uh, in patients with atopic dermatitis before vaccination, I think there are two very important uh, factors to think about. There's the individual and there's the society. So basically, in, in terms of the society, we want to vaccinate as many people as fast as possible to get herd immunity. Because this way we can reopen society, we can all be safe in public environments, but at the other end of the spectrum, we have the individual. And the individual, as we know, are very, very different. So we have at one extreme, we'll have, you know, the very obese, uh, elderly, atopic dermatitis patients with many cardiovascular risk factors. Now in this person, we want to make sure we get the best vaccination response possible to protect that individual from serious COVID-19 disease and hospitalization for this. At the other end of the spectrum, we have, let's say, the typical uh, adolescent or young adult, no cardiovascular risk factors, normal BMI, and where we don't expect that patient to have a severe course if they should be infected by COVID-19 due to our poor vaccination response. And this is important because as I'll explore later in this uh, presentation, some of the major organization in allergy and atopic dermatitis advise us to continue systemic treatment while patients are undergoing uh, vaccinations against COVID-19. And as much as I support that, I'm even co-authoring some of these papers, I think it's important that we keep in mind that in some patients, we may actually um, uh, not adhere to that uh, recommendation, but instead pause the treatment to make sure we get the best vaccination response possible. Now, the vaccinations against COVID-19 are plenty. There are different categories. So we have the mnRNA uh, vaccines, we have the adenovirus vector vaccines, and then we have the protein subunit uh, vaccines. Most often we use, in Europe at least, the Pfizer-BioNTech and we use the Moderna. So when trying to um, evaluate whether uh, some of the drugs may uh, interfere with the perfect vaccination response, it's worth looking at the risk of developing an infection while being on that treatment. Because if there is an increased infection risk, that also means that we have immunosuppression that could be relevant when we try to assess or obtain the perfect vaccination response. So what is the impact of different atopic dermatitis immunomodulators on the immune response to sars COVID-2 vaccines. Well, let's take a look at that. The oral corticosteroids that we uh, introduced before, you can see here highlighted in the orange bar that it reduces seroconversion rates and or impaired immune response or humoral response with doses more than 20 milligrams per day. 
but that doesn't exclude that you see the same suppression if you use 10 milligrams a day. So basically, I will uh, recommend that prednisolone is not used for atopic dermatitis treatment, and if you plan vaccination, then have a four-week break before you uh, do your vaccination to increase the chance of a good vaccination response. Now, apart from corticosteroids, we have cyclosporin, we have methotrexate, we have acetyoprine, and we have mycophenolate mofetil. If you're on them, you have an increased risk of infection. And we know from day-to-day -day clinic, this is not a major problem. But it, it emphasizes that there is this immunoreduction that can also be a problem when we try to get the best vaccination response. Now, cyclosporin is an IL-2 inhibitor, and here I'd recommend that you have um, a one-week break um, from vaccination time and afterwards. If we look at methotrexate as a tyoprin, we see that there's immunosuppression up to three months. So here, actually, you would need a three-month break before you can uh, get your perfect vaccination response. Now, in most patients, this is not feasible. They will have worsening of the atopic dermatitis, and there will most certainly be a room for a different treatment. And as I'll explore, Baricitinib and dupilumab could be treatment choices that you can consider in these cases. So, for example, baricitinib, it has a very short half-life, and therefore it's, it's uh, doable for patients, you know, to go in and out of surgery or go in and out of vaccinations because you can um, get everything out of the system within just one week. Now, dupilumab is actually even easier because here you don't have to, to make any treatment pause. So, dupilumab is really a very specific uh, inhibitor of IL-4 and IL-13 activity. And by inhibiting the TH2 pathway, you can still get a very good vaccination response through the TH1 pathway. So just to uh, summarize that, dupilumab is a drug where you don't need any uh, drug holidays. During vaccination with COVID-19, you will expect to get the perfect vaccination response. Baricitinib, it's also very easy. You will need this one-week treatment pause, and then you will get a good vaccination response. Cyclosporin, a bit similar, and then methotrexate, acetyoprine, mycophenolate, mofetil, not as good. There you need three months of treatment pause, and we also know if you continue the treatment, you'll get satisfactory vaccination response. We know this from rheumatoid arthritis studies, but it will be, not be the perfect vaccination response. Uh, I've now uh, provided practical considerations and strategies uh, that you can use when vaccinating your patients with atopic dermatitis. And I think overall they're very much in line with uh, some of the big organizations and their recommendation. And just to, to highlight some of the, the key advice here, um, the YACI, uh, the European Allergy Association, their position paper on COVID-19 vaccination they say there's no contraindication to administer these vaccines to allergic patients who do not have a history of an allergic reaction to any of the vaccine components. The WAO and a phylaxis committee also state surveillance data reassuring despite initial concern in the UK that patients with atopic dermatitis may be more at risk of allergic reactions. So that's also not the case. We know from vaccinations uh, trials in the past that once you vaccinate a patient uh, or a child, you don't increase their chance of developing atopic or allergic disease. So it doesn't really change any of the immune response in healthy individuals or in atopic individuals. This is also supported by European Task Force of Atopic Dermatitis, the EDFAT, 
um, which summarize the same findings. If you have a very allergic patient, let's say to pollen allergens and various foods, as long as they are not allergic to any of the components in the vaccine, it should be safe to vaccinate them. You will not see an anaphylactic reaction in these patients. The ADFAT, the European Task Force of Atopic Dermatitis, uh, looked at the risk-benefit ratio of currently approved vaccines and concluded that it's better than the alternative, which is a risk of infection with COVID-19. And also here it stated there's no uh, good evidence to uh, suggest that you should pause your systemic treatment uh, with various uh, 80 uh, treatments during vaccination. But as I said, there may be uh, exceptions where you want to ensure you get the best vaccination response possible. And also, of course, it's advised to adhere to local rules and, gu and guidelines. So to conclude on this, I think we, we are all aware that the COVID-19 pandemic is still very much alive. It's not solved yet. And patients with AD uh, seem not to have an increased risk of acquiring infection with COVID-19. The general recommendation is to continue systemic AD treatments during the pandemic, um, but also at a case-by-case -case, uh, uh, scenario, uh, please remember that some patients, they may actually benefit from a drug holiday or uh, a treatment pause to, to obtain the best vaccination response possible. And with that, I would like to thank you all for your attention. This has been an activity published by Peer Voice.